Stand by for a start. Behind the gates. They're locked away now. Down to the last couple. With Sky's stable stars. The excitement really starting to build. On Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, one of the uh, favourite parts of the morning here on Racing HQ, Behind the Gates. And later on we'll have the Behind the Gates multi. We'd love to hear from you if you're listening. 0419767272. Shoot through as many texts as you like. We'll read it out and uh, we'll get you the opinion of uh, Darren Flindell, Brad Davidson, Andrew Hurley and myself. And We'd love to have your contribution on Behind the Gates. Speaking of Darren, let's head out to Darren and... Say a very good morning. How are you, Darren? Yes, I'm all good, Anthony. I'm pleased that we only had a moderate amount of rain yesterday. Yeah. I think it was only four mils with those storms that came through. So I think we've got a nice surface to work with, a soft six, which hasn't uh, upset uh, things too much because I think on Thursday night we had to sit back and wait and not sure which way it was going. So a soft six. I'm picking a few roughies out today, so I'm I'm sort of uh, jumping out of my skin now. I'm ready to go. Looking forward to it. Are you out on track yet? Because I've been in here since it, well, I got, came here in the dark. So what's the weather doing outside? No, I'm still uh, I'm still in the east at the moment. Okay. I'll uh, I'll jump in the car when we hit full time on the show. <laughs> All righty, <laughs> uh, Brad Davidson. Morning, to you, David. How's your week been? Yeah, morning, uh, morning, guys. How are we all? Great to talk to you again, Anthony and Daz and Hells when he, get, he rocks up uh, shortly and uh, everyone, everyone listening in as well. So, no, look, um, week's been good. It's pretty quiet on the punt front, actually. It's been a bit of a, a tricky week and uh, looks a tricky card today, doesn't it? Um, some good races, but some real queries and horses resuming. I always find it a little bit challenging at this time of the year with those horses coming back versus those up and going. So... Always a bit tricky, but we'll do our best. And uh, Hurls, I know you joined us a little bit earlier on for our form previews. You've you've had a busy week. How's things going, mate? I didn't hear a. Just try that. Almost with my. Hang on. Well, let's get a plan, but <laughs> here we go. <laughs> right, <laughs> a bit early for that. Um, sorry, mate. How are you going? Yeah, the, the uh, ear for. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll push on. We'll let hurls, hurls get sorted. We'll push on with uh, the. We'll push on with some text from our listeners here on behind the gates. Actually, what we will start with is I got a text earlier on from a, a gentleman, and it's sort of a little bit left field, but this is behind the gates. We can be a bit rogue. Um, Keith texted in and wanted to know. This is probably for Darren and and, and for Davo. He wanted to know why, uh, if a jockey wears spurs. Why the punters are not notified of that like they would be for any other gear change, and I had a bit of a think about uh, this. I guess because sometimes spurs can be a, and a pardon the pun, a spur of the moment thing. Trainer might just say to the jockey, "Whack the spurs on," you know, due to whatever. Are they are they still allowed to do it? I didn't think they were. Well, I, I think I've still seen them with them on. Might be dogging uh, well, that, in, mate. I'm pretty sure you're well, not allowed to. Yeah. It's raised a good question there because I, I thought there might have been an issue with Nashua Willer a few years ago on that topic and I, I thought they'd rub that out. Okay. Well, on race day, anyhow. I sort of thought I might have seen a few floating around with the Spurs, but or perhaps they're the, the smaller the smaller version ones. Hmm. Anyway, we'll see if we can find out. I might, might shoot a text out to the, to the steward, see if we can get some clarity on that. Speaking of Nash, what a classic quote from him last night when he said, no one wanted the fence, so I just went up there and used it, and that's why I'm the best in Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a perler. Yes, absolutely. Oh, incredible. If you've missed that, uh, count your blessings, drew the outside gate in a small field, snagged it back to last, went from last to 
leaders back in probably four or five hundred metres and never went round a horse and went under win by three. It was it was some it's ride. Just on that, guys, isn't it uh, amazing how some jockeys gotten onto it and others have absolutely no idea. And if you weren't on the fence again last night in the run, you may as well have not turned up. Yeah, no, it very much was that uh, was that way in run, wasn't it, Davo? Okay, uh, gents, let's get straight into it. So we've got a text coming through here from uh, Chuck from Gunnedah. G'day, fellas. Like to get your thoughts on Lekvart in the Millie Fox today. So the Millie Fox, uh, Lekvart, what price have we got, Hurls, for uh, Lekvart to start with? $14, and for what it's worth uh, to that listener, I give it a super chance. Uh, I think $14 is it's a wonderful bet. Oh, oh, the mare's absolutely flying. Uh, what a preparation uh, she's had so far, three out of three this time in. My big concern is being at Rose Hill, drawn the outside gate. She's not one that can go forward. She'll be drifting back, and I don't think she'll get the run to suit. I, I think Lady Laguna's going to be awfully hard to beat again today. An informed mare that does... We, we saw in the Southern Cross last time, she has that ability. She can go forward if they have to. If that is the, the situation, we've got how good is you probably in front and then Lady Laguna quite possibly up there in second. thought one mare that's worth another chance this preparation. She didn't do a great deal and the previous one was Madame Pomery. You're in an outstanding race, her first up, over 1,400 metres, another bound and she would have won that. And then her mood really deteriorated as the preparation went on and she was shocking in Melbourne last time. She played up in the gate, she missed the start horribly. And I'll just note that they've, um, they're going to race her with earmuffs on today, Madame Pomery, and, and use the blindfold as well. So even if she's in the gates uh, for a little while, they're doing things to try and correct those bad barrier manners. And I think Madame Pomery's going to be a big improver today at good odds. OK, what did you think, Davo? Yeah, um, look, McBart, first of all, I, I think probably a fringe hope. Um, I agree with Darren. It's just a map and getting back and... She's been able to beat them in easier races, but this is a pretty high-quality race. So, look, I'd be surprised if she won, um, considering the map and everything, but um, I'm not going to sort of really be heavily against one at double figures anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Lady Laguna as well. I think she sets up nicely to come across and sit outside the lead once again. From there, she's going to be awfully hard to run down, as she was a, a few weeks ago. Sure, it's probably a bit tougher race, but... That all depends on how those horses come back, your zoo gotchas and Argentia and horses like that. If, if zoo gotchas at her best, she's a logical threat, but if she runs up to last preparation, she's making up the numbers. So she's a really hard one to assess because she clearly was below her best last campaign. But I think Chris Waller's put his hand up and said he got things wrong last time in, that they got sort of caught up in the Everest chat and trained her a bit differently and put it through different distances and it just didn't work for her at all. So... I think back to the drawing board this time in, I think she's the big danger, but I think Lady Laguna's just up and flying and going to be very hard to catch again. Okay, so that answers uh, that for Chook from Gunnedah. We also had a text come through from another listener wanting to know about Race 7, Madame Pomery in particular, and Key Largo. So they're the thoughts of both uh, Darren and Davo. Now, uh, just got a bit of clarity on this uh, Spurs uh, text from a little bit earlier on, gents. Spurs still allowed. Thanks, banker Mike. And then we've okay. got an yeah. And, and I'm and I'm sure. Of, I mean, I go the races three times a week. I'm sure I'd seen the boys and the girls with Spurs. Uh, lads, Nash definitely still wearing Spurs. Thanks, Dan. Um, text come through here now. I missed last week's show, gents. But uh, hi, Anthony. Can you thank the listeners for their gout advice last week? Oh, just the remedies came up. What was all that about? <laughs> 
Yeah, someone um, um, called through, and he was going to the races, and it's our mate Svet from Greenpoint. I think he always um, listens in, and yeah, we gave him a bit of advice. I, I said, uh, ice it up. Well, this, this sort of all began because a few weeks ago, someone was asking for advice on how to deal with blue bottle stings at the mm. beach. And oh, I, I did hear this one. Go there again. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Davidson. Thank you. Thank got, you. Got a text here for you as well, Davo. Davo, please accept my sincere apologies. Last week I heard Hurls put the cooler on your tips in behind the gates. Uh, Half my bet because of that. I'll never doubt you again, Guru. So you've got a wrap there. That's Hatchy from the Heights. Good mate of yours, clearly. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, look, I always get a little bit concerned when I agree with Hills about something. I'm probably on the wrong path. Mm. Jack King. (laughs) (laughs) All good. Hey, um, guys, uh, on a more serious note, the Silver Slipper Stakes, obviously a lot of interest uh, around uh, race number four. Uh, Espionage and and, and straight charge have almost cleared out in terms of the betting. When they went up earlier on in the week, uh, Espionage was put up favourite hurls, but now it's straight charge. Which side of the fence do we lean on for you guys? Hurls, firstly, what's the market doing? Yeah, straight charge holding the most amount of money. It's 225 and Espionage 260, the only one there. And it's uh, actually, Embassy's taken a little bit of money, but I think, yeah, it does look a race in two. And I don't know which way to go myself, but I know, geez, Nash is keen on a few of his rides today, and Espionage was one of them. Well, he's a good horse. Um, You've like got him on top, he... haven't you, Darren? You made him one of your yeah, best, I, I think. I, yeah, I like the way he trialled. He just looks like a really smart type, and I respect the stable mate a lot straight charge. Of course, they had that mishap and missed the run there in the Magic Millions, and probably his trial at Warwick Farm was just as dominant as well, and he does look the leader. But let's face it, when Espionage beat straight charge in the Breeders' Plate, on the 30th of September, Espionage had far the tougher run and was still able to wear him down, and I suspect that might be the case today. In regards to Embassy, it's probably we've got to take note of the fact that Embassy led up that day and was hard up on the fence, and the fence was not the spot to be. So we'd probably have to bonus that performance that he was only nailed right on the post by Castagna. But I do gravitate back towards the Waterhouse spot to duo and I have Espionage on top of straight charge, then Embassy. And if Celerity can jump better, she might be more competitive overall. She just blew the start there at Randwick, but uh, nothing was getting home better than her at the finish. So a cleaner getaway might see Celebrity play a stronger role in the finish. Good race, isn't it? Um, look, I've gone the other way with straight charge. I just think... Uh I know uh, Espionage got the better of straight charge back in the Breeders' Plate, but I just think the recent racing's the key here. He, he seems to have gone to another level, straight charge, since that race, and he's had that run in between. A bit of a prep where Espionage has been put away and, and come back. I just think he might be the one that's sort of 95% ready for this straight charge, where Espionage might only be sort of 85 90, and I think that might be the difference. So I was almost going to back him at 280 in the week, and as soon as I thought that, he was into 240 so uh yeah tricky race but I'll, I'll lean his way um i think celerity will hit the line hard late but sounds a bit too much wrong probably all coming around a bit too soon for mine so straight charge from espionage really good clash and maybe a bit will be uh played out on how that map will sort out embassy probably leads and straight charge probably sits second if if straight charge crosses embassy and leads i, I think that's massive advantage to straight charge but if he has to sit outside, that's going to give Espinosa a chance to camp off him and finish home over the top. Okay, um, 
just that gentleman, Keith, who texted in about the Spurs, we'll go back to that issue. So we've clarified that Spurs, yes, you are allowed to use them. So he says, boys, you didn't answer the text. Why are you allowed to put them on without without it being a gear change? So I sort of half answered the question, I felt, because I think sometimes the Spurs can be a spur-of-the-moment um, decision from the jockeys mm. to put them on due to, you know, might, 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 might come down to track conditions throughout the day that perhaps have changed or... Um, a change of tactics where they want to be more positive on a horse, whereas perhaps they weren't going to be positive at the start of the day. Things like that. That's that's my belief. Uh, Darren, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, no, the topic's been brought up. I certainly pay a little bit more attention mm. to this because it's something. Yeah, I would like to know uh, in advance, but I guess you can only go so far with gear changes. And as you say, it's a spur of the moment. <laughs> um, a last minute. Sometimes it can be a last minute decision, but it's probably something worth looking at when you're watching the TV coverage and the riders mount up. If that's something you're focusing on, it, it could be a little edge for you. Mm. Dave, are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Why it's not a gear I, change. Or is it just well, too much? We're we just going too far down the rabbit hole. <clears throat> Well, I, I think, to be honest, I think we don't have enough information out there. I, I think we've got a lot of information, but I think there's still room for improvement and, and things like this are a great example. I found a horse on uh, on Friday, yesterday, bought I saw down, this, and, yeah. Uh, like, you know, I'm sitting there doing the form and and the difference between trials was eight lengths and I almost backed this other horse and uh, because of it and they got the wrong horse in, in the jump out. You just... I think this is not good enough. Like, mm. how can you how can you have that? I had to ring the trainer and say, I'm pretty sure they've got this wrong. And the trainer said, Yeah, no, definitely this horse won the trial, and not that horse. They trialed eight lengths different, and you know this horse is in the form guide as running fourth when it won the trial. So just things like this, you know, we've, we've got to be a little bit better with the information for mine. And uh, I'd love to see things like that. I'd love to see more around trials as well. I know it's hard to weigh all the all the all the um, you know what what every horse is is. In, carrying in trials but I'd love to know a bit more about shoes and things like that in trials like I think there's more information the more information the better at the end of the day no, it creates good discussion. Okay, let's uh, let's push on. So race number eight is one of the feature races today, the Hobartville Stakes. A lot of talk around Tom Kitten, guys. Uh, I think a lot of us were in the, the same boat after we saw him immediately run first up, thinking, oh, well, perhaps it was a little bit underwhelming. But then when you break down the sectionals and look at the way he hit the line post-race, it was probably better than what it appears on paper. Is that what you felt, Darren, at the time? And, and, and how are you assessing him today? Through some of his career, to me, he's looked like a real floater. And um, this over the 1,400 metres today, I'm I'm going to be against him in this field because, to be honest, in the Eskimo Prince, well, he did only finish sixth at the end, but it looked like he was going to run a clear last. And it was only that last 100 metres that he really got interested in and hit the line. So I'm a little bit worried he's going to be back loafing around again, up against horses that are really primed today for the, for the 1,400 metres. And despite the awkward gait, I am going with Celestial Legend as the on-top pick. I just like the way he was finishing off at the end of the Eskimo Prince there towards the inside, which was not the best going there that day. I think he really needs this longer trip now. With the price available, Celestial Legend is my on-top pick. I think Duke Castle, though, just won a, a midweek at Warwick Farm. He won that with a lot of style, and some of his runs and defeat last preparation were terrific. I think now that he's come up with a gait, Berry can just hunt the fence hard with Duke Cass. I think he'll be in the finish. And uh, N-Cap, he's a very consistent horse, and I think this is probably his, could be his optimum trip as well, the 1,400 metres. Jason Collett uh, sticking with N-Cap there, and he was my next best, so I've gone seven to beat five and two. What a season Jason Collett's having as well. Uh, equal 
leader on the Premiership as well with Nash. Uh, both have reached the half century. 50 apiece for Jay Collard and, uh, and Rowilla. Mm. Both, uh, both flying, particularly Nash's strike rate. I think uh, above J-Max in, in the Metro ranks this season, he's just been on absolute fire. And, you know, you talk about last night at Canterbury being another great example of how he reads the pattern of, of, of racing so well. Um, this race is really interesting, isn't it, guys? I mean, Tom Kitten's been really polarising either way this week. Uh, listening to the punters panel boys yesterday, they basically declared him over the line as one of the best bets of the day. But I'm with Darren. I, I think he's too short, and I think he's, he's a horse to take on today. Uh, I thought his run was that of a real dower horse first up. And I think the other major point that I'd like to make here is I just, like, everyone thinks he's going to be driven up to be midfield, and he may be, but... It's, it's not grand final day. I mean, really, what's the Hobartville matter to Godolphin? They're all about Group 1. They're all about, you know, um, the, the stallion-making races. The Hobartville is is a is sort of a semi-final on the way to, to grand final. So I just can't see them being overly aggressive here. They'll let him find his feet and hit the line. If he's good enough, he wins. If not, um, you know, it's a prep run for the, the Ramwick Guineas. So I think with all that in mind, uh, I think a horse like, maybe Celestial Legend, maybe this is his best chance to, to win a group race. You know, we've all been saying after after 1,400 is, is what he's always been looking for. He gets a chance to show that today, and I'd love to see them push the button and roll forward on him in a in a race where they might be able to sort of get a get a spot in the first four or five. But I went that way as well. I thought he was good in the inferior ground and happy that way. But, yeah, I thought there were seven hopes here and not a great deal between all of them. And what's he done in the betting mm. then, Hurls? Uh, Tom Kitten. He's been rock solid, mate, at $3.30. We went up three sixty. I think this is an excellent race. You've got NCAF. It's been $8 to $6. GCAS has been a bit soft. I'll take Darren's point that uh, it was only a midweek, but maybe the pennies dropped with it, and that was a very, very impressive win uh, at the farm. Celestial Legends, very solid at eight fifty. dollars is the really interesting runner. It went up $15 on Wednesday, and they piled into it now a seven dollar chance but as i said i think it's a fantastic race but have a listen to some of these quotes from uh nashville willer in the press this morning i've been pretty open in what i think of tom kitten he could be anything i haven't been on him this time at all so i can't wait to get him on saturday and feel the improvement uh looking at it i thought his next hundred was going to be his best hundred and if he steps up in trip he's only going to get better uh, it's a long way for his best trip, but on Sunday, if he's close to them at 100 mark, I think he'll pick them up because he is that type of horse. Now, Nash isn't sort of a uh, jockey that sort of seeks headlines and goes out with big statements, but it's about as big mm. as you get. Uh, and riding in career best form at the moment as well, as Darren said. Uh, top of the Sydney Metropolitan Jockeys um, Premiership as it stands with 50 winners for the season uh, in the so Metro. So put it this way, he's, uh, he's 3.30 to win this race today at a trip that I think we're all a little bit concerned about and he's 4.50 to win the round with Guineas in a fortnight. Mm. Mm. Fair, fair, fair point when you put it that way, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm sure when, we, when we're yeah. speaking again in a fortnight from now, my attitude towards him will be a lot different then than it is now. Mm. Okay. Uh, gents, we've got a text come through here now. Hogger he is desperate to get the thoughts of you, Davo, for the um, uh, for the uh, Tab Highway. He's texted through twice. I'm getting to you, Hogger. We just got a uh, we just got a busy text line, so I'm getting to you, my friend. Thank you for listening and thanks for your patience. He wants to know about Vino Lass in the in the Tab Highway. Um, 
uh, has asked me for my opinion as well. Well, she's she, yeah, she's a good she's a good mare. I've seen a bit of her. I think I called her in at least two, if not three, of her wins down there in the Canberra Wagga region before she came up to uh, Warwick Farm first up after a long break. Started favourite in a, a Wednesday race and ran really well. So. Uh, I guess she's the only little concern there. She's got to go 11 to 1400 metres second up, mm. but um, very good quality mare for that part of the world, and she'll be deep into a, a country championship race if that's the way they're heading with her next Sunday at Maruya. Firstly, hurls any money for Vino Less, then we'll get the thoughts of uh, Darren and Davo. Looking at a quote now, $5.50 for Vino Lass. Uh, it opened up at $6, $6.50 this morning, now into $5.50. It's got good strike rate, hasn't it? It's only lightly raised. Um, four starts, three wins and a minor. That was good performance, actually, first up behind uh, Super Bright. Yeah, I've got her on top, uh, Vino Lass. I, I like the fact that she's been to town. It's easier to get a run midweek, isn't it, than in a highway uh, when you're trained at Canberra. She ran so well uh, behind Super Bright there that uh, she sort of showed me there that she probably is up to this class today. And uh, in regards to going from 1,100 metres to 1,400 metres, yeah, I just sort of keep sitting back and thinking, well, Keith Dryden knows what he's doing. It's uh, it's difficult for these Canberra trainers to get a, actually even get a start in a highway mm. race. So. Um, this is the plan he's, this is the path he's taken and she's carrying 58. She's the one I want to be on. Uh, the other one I was looking at a bit was Belvedere Boys. It just worries me. It looks like he's a real get back horse. He was all cluttered up back in the field in a horrible spot in the other highway at Ramwick. And I'm just a little bit concerned he might be giving away too big a start whilst Vino Lush can be just up there and controlling her own destiny. Yeah, Davo, she's got that midweek form. When you're doing the form, obviously we know that Tab Highway form is pretty good when you're looking at Tab Highways, but how's the midweek sort of stack up? Would you consider that to be the same level or perhaps a peg above? Probably similar level, yeah, probably slightly above the race she comes through perhaps. But, um, look, I've got to be against her, guys. Uh, I, I just, just do not like the setup at all. And I What, the 1,100 11, to 14, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Look, she's not. She, there's no way she's running in this race if it's not for the country championship. Mm. There's no way they're trying to extend her brilliance if there's not the, the carrot there. And, mm. and that's the thing. Like, like I think Keith would, would admit that, that she's probably 11, 1,200 and... Look, they're hoping. I reckon they're hoping more than anything, and I think she's got to be a major risk because of it. I mean, yeah, she just looks a speedy type to me. That's a very good, very good mare. That's very sharp. But I think today, uh, yeah, I'd have to be heavily against the sort of five fifty, considering that that fourteen hundred. It, it, it's not like she's looking for it. They're hoping. Um, so Belvedere Boys for me. Uh, look, I, I thought he just missed the start the other day. Was on the back foot, but if he jumps today, Nash back aboard. We know Nash and Matt Dunn there how well they combine in these highways and uh, I thought he finished off really well. I thought it was out of him and Atmospheric Rock who's crying out for the, the seven furlongs as well. But yeah, I thought Vino Lass was the one in the market that was easy to pot because of that major, major distance query. Looks like Palazzo Prince goes all right. Rod Northam's uh, four-year-old, mm. that win at Dubbo, that was some performance. Yeah. It was never, ever, ever going to win, and it found a way. Now, I spoke to him earlier on this morning before 7 a.m. on Racing HQ, and, uh, yeah, a bit of a, a throw at the stumps for him, I guess. Um, he's obviously won a, a scone maiden, and then he won at Dubbo, but he, he overcame trouble, as you said, Darren. He, it looked unlikely halfway down the straight when he was in restricted room, but he... He found a way to win, which is always a good sign for a, for a young horse. And 
a throw up the stumps today. He's pretty low in the benchmarks. He'd need to win, and this is the case with a lot of these horses in the Tab Highway today uh, that are attempting to get into their respective regional finals. Maruga's on next week, as is Tamworth, and a lot of these horses have to win in order to get their benchmark rating up to to get into that race. Like uh, We spoke to Denny Williams earlier on Atmospheric Rock, for example. I think he's a benchmark 60 what is he, a 64 or a 65 horse, and you probably need to be closer to a 70 in order to get in. So it would be disappointing. It would be a shame if a horse like Atmospheric Rock couldn't make the couldn't mm-hmm. make a regional final, but um, that's, the strength of, that's the strength of the races. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that uh, Brad particularly loves Atmospheric Rock's uh, racing pattern, but I'll have a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's got gate 14. It's going to go back anyway, but, um, yeah, I, I think we might see Atmospheric Rock go back-to-back here this afternoon. Got a text come through from, uh, well, from a couple of listeners. Um, so... Uh, one of the listeners here, where were we? Um, good morning, boys. Just touching on Jason Collett. Has to be one of the most underrated riders in, underrated riders in the country. Mm. Something I've noted mm-hmm. uh, would like to get an answer on is, one, has anyone on the panel also noted Jason Collett's superior record in the last race of the meeting? And two, if mm. so, has anyone got a theory as to why this is the case? Haven't kept stats on this, but I know it to be a thing. Cheers, Langer. And uh, there was also a text from um, uh, from one of our earlier listeners, just uh, just uh, re- reconfirming the fact that Jason Collett is the equal leader with Nashua Will and not Nash on his own. Well, we we did say that. We actually said those exact words yeah. that they are both leading the premiership at fifty winners in Sydney. Um, he's going great guns, Jason. Uh, any any ideas on that theory, Darren? Uh, he, he often rides the last race. Remember the, the, the old slogan for BP service stations, BP, the quiet achiever, that probably sums up Jason Collard. I've always thought Jason was particularly good on wet tracks, sitting back, sniping, finding the, the right gaps. And he's come through what's been a really dry spring and a really dry summer, so he's probably brought that wet track form to the good track form in, in recent months. <laughs> <laughs> Davo, any thoughts on that? Have you picked that up, that last race theory? Oh, I would have thought it'd just be a bit of variance yeah. um, with that. That would be my sort of take on that. Maybe a bit of recency bias, perhaps, with, with that. But, yeah, I, I don't read too much into those sort of things. But, um, look, you know, if you told me he was equal with Nash in the Jockeys Premiership, I would have told you you, would, you were laughing. Like, I wouldn't even think he would have been close. And that just goes to show how probably underrated he is. And, you know, he doesn't get the, the top rides. Um, I think a, a bow that Jason's added to his riding in, in the last few years is, is just the ability. I think for a while there he is a little bit one-dimensional and a little bit sort of go back on a lot of things, but I've seen him take up a position a lot more on, on horses now and, you know, on the right sort of horses, put him in the race and um, I think that's showing in his stats as well. He's definitely sort of translated and um, and just really taken his riding to that next level. He's going super. Okay, guys, let's uh, have a quick chat about uh, race three on the card. Got a listener texting through here um, about race number three, and then we'll we'll get to our behind-the-gates multi-horses. Uh, firstly, um, what's doing with the market there in the third? This listener in particular wanted to know about Dipsy Doodle. Obviously, chased that hard speed the other day, which created the, the track record, which our Kobe son broke, the 1,200-metre track record at Rose Hill. Um, what's the market doing for Dipsy Doodle Hurls? And then the thoughts of Darren and Brad. This is a very, very good betting race, and it's, you wouldn't see a stronger benchmark 78 than this. 
Dipsy Doodle went up six dollars Wednesday. It's three forty now. Uh, deductions, yeah, Miss Atlantic eight by nine, four by five. Zavilqua, Gold Revolver, 5x6, and Southern Chili, 2x1. So um, it was obviously going to be a little bit of a trim up here, but Dipsy Doodle has been solid. She's an A-list at 460 or 440. Interesting runner here is Ballroom Bella. He trolled very well, I thought. Up in grade today, obviously. Extravagant star. Well, we know how good she started her career, and I liked its troll as well, and it's solid at that 550 mark. Then we go to Bandy's Boy at $8, and Shadows of Love, I mean, it had a super campaign last uh, last campaign, and you're getting 850 mm. about it. I like the way they've saved Ballroom Bella for this race today. She was going to run mm. in the Light Fingers last week, which was going to be at set weights. And given the fact she's rated 71, she was going to have to meet the, well, those that put out the finish and be so wrong at the weights. So they've waited a week, and now she goes around with just 52 and a half. Uh, I, I like her a lot, Ballroom Bella. Her, her trials have suggested that she, she'll go to another level, uh, this preparation, and I think she's a great value, value bet there in the third. Dipsy Doodle, obviously, the, the big danger. I mean, setting up the track record last time at Rose Hill, that was quite incredible, the speed she went at, and that's a record that has stood since 1997, so it's no fake record, is it? And obviously she'll be ridden, uh, we'll try and contain that speed a little bit today, but I like Ballroom Bella. I don't think Dipsy Doodle will go quite fast. As a result, Big D, Dalalad, he didn't eat that night chasing her. <laughs> he had, he's had to go to a paddock. Hasn't he been a good horse for you, though, in all seriousness? Oh, How much has he won in prize money? He's been uh, a dream. Yeah, it's probably just under half a million, I think, oh, all up now. Incredible. Um, but Biggest beneficiary's the... been the Doncaster Hotel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have to put the tab on when he wins. Um, but of all his successes, I have to say, I felt the greatest sense of pride about the horse last mm. start. Uh, taking ground off the winner in track record time, I thought, wow, he's, I never, I, I had no idea that he was going to prove to be that good. He certainly um, probably uh, overachieved from what you first thought when Abs- you, you first got into him, Darren? Absolutely. I, mm. I was sort of looking at him as a, just a provincial class or midway type of horse. So yeah. he's done nothing but improve as he's got older. I happened to just glance at his record uh, maybe before last start and, and looked at how much prize money and I, want, and I thought, holy hell, this horse has won a lot of money. Like he's, he's been a And ripper. that was a little bit similar to what you do with Patriot Bloodstock. You mm. go scouring online. I haven't found a double art yet. Uh, well, you will. <laughs> but, like, he was only a $40,000 online purchase yeah. as well when he left, um, when David Hayes went to Hong Kong. They Incredible. had the massive sale and he was a cheap purchase. Mm. Incredible. Uh, what we're up to before, Dave? I think you're, you've got to try yeah, and Talking about uh, the, the Dipsy Doodle oh, race. Dipsy Doodle. Sorry, mate, yeah. I lost my track no, there. that's okay. That's okay. I've got her on top. But um, I found it a race again with probably five hopes. Um, you know, the Bells has made a good case for... A number of them, and, and Darren as well, Ballroom Bella, and I think it is that style of race where it's sort of four or five dollars the field, do your best, and any of them can kind of win. But uh, probably Hurls is at time ten forty-five as this uh, multi. Um, probably time to announce it. It should be going online, shouldn't it? Yeah, I didn't know you were hosting the show, uh, Dave, yeah. but you've got it right. Well, I, um, I remember. It. And we're looking to go back to back as well after yeah, the big result, result last week. Last yeah, good result last it? week. Well done. Um, oh, Marlo, that was fine. Marlo went uh, really short in the last. But, um, yeah, David, who's your thing? Fell in, it should have finished closer. Uh, um, what's the horse? Lions, Lions, Lions. Logan Street Lions. Yeah, Logan Street Lions. 
sorry. No way. Yeah, yeah, it should have. Uh, but anyway, yeah, well done last week. Uh, I've gone race three, number six, Extravagant Star. Now, who's gone Diamil? That's yours, Brad. That's me, yep, Diamil. I think he's uh, deserves to be favourite and hard to beat second up with J-Mac to his right trip after a cracking run fresh. Yep, Darren's a celestial legend man. And, uh, well, man, I beat me to the punch. I was going to take Derry Grove, but uh, he got in in front of me. So we go race three, number six, Extravagant Star. Race five, number six, Diamil. Race nine, number seven, Celestial Legend. And race nine, number two, Derry Grove. Good price. Almost feel today. like we need a drum roll here what the price is going to be. I think this is almost free money again today. Ooh, well. <laughs> Be quick, be quick. This will dead set. If it goes, if it stays open for five minutes, I'll give it up. Uh, we are going eight dollars fifty today. Eight dollars fifty. Maximum wow. bet twenty five dollars. Yeah, I almost fell over when I saw that price. But Dicko does the sums. Um, so yeah, get involved. Racing, racing offers on the tab mm. app. Sports today's offers on the website and Disco. It is open. Eight dollars seems an incredibly good price. Yeah, it does, doesn't well, it? Well, almost... let's not tell him in case he's made a um, unless he's had slippery fingers. Don't worry get about it. Get on now. Get on. <laughs> oh, I don't want yeah. to say it's a um, a gimme, but I mean, I went uh, I went Derry Grove, and he, he's typically very reliable around those distance ranges. He'll be he'll be Gee, strong I like late. that horse. I really like Derry Grove. He's just gone under um, last start. Has he gone through his grades? I think he was winning highways, mm. um, you know, 12 mm. months ago. He's a genuine horse, and Nashville Willard seems to have a really good effect. You on it? Yep, no, no doubt. Um, so Frilled is the $4 favourite, yeah. and Derry Grove was dead set. Um, oh, the people the dot, in it. Wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's cool as nightmare trying to get them oh. under the line. I, I, you know, I oh, usually got a pretty good eye for those sort of things. I just did not know who had got it for a minute or so. I'll tell you what, I couldn't have red card today. Um, he's best, he's very good, but, gee, you know, I think he's overhyped. She's, uh, I think she's the on-top selection in that race, guys. And the reason I say that is the rest of them all finished in a clump. Um, there was a length and a half between about eight of them, and our Bellagio miss was beating a length, so I'm throwing that form line in the bin and saying, no, thank you. And she's got the different form that, yep, she, the wheels fell off when she went to uh, Melbourne, but yep. her first up her first up win at this track and distance last preparation, if she runs up to that, they won't beat her. So it's all just a case of if she's back, if she's just a freshie, if she's a freshie, I love the different form here because I think it's an easy, easy race to pop the other one where they're all just finished in a big clump together. Okay, um, guys, we've got some time. We'll, we'll push on and have a look at a couple more races. Just got a text coming through from one of our listeners hey, saying, Hi, guys, is Winona Coston still riding? Haven't seen her riding of late. Thanks, Mike. Yes, she is, Mike. Uh, Winona rode on Sunday at Albury. She rode in the uh, country championship race down there, and she's had a handful of rides this week, and she rides again tomorrow. She's heading to... She'd be doing a lot of work for Gay, would she not? Yeah, she's down in Victoria. She's based in Melbourne these days, so that's perhaps why you're not seeing her in Sydney. She's been in Melbourne probably at least the last six or nine months and did have a little setback with injury, but she is back riding and she rides tomorrow at Launceston. Um, Man, I'll just interrupt, mate. Uh, Multi, G-O-N-E. Geez, that didn't take long. That is a 1,000 bets in about four minutes. Wow. I know people get disappointed that um, that they don't get on, but um, yeah, a thousand people got on, so it's amazing. Well, that was obviously pretty popular. That, that'd be that'd be the fastest sellout in in multi 
behind it the gas moldy history. Yeah, I, yeah, autumn and spring, it seems to, yeah, naturally, it's more active punters at the time of the year, but, um, yeah, it doesn't hurt that we won last week either. We get this, uh, a day $1.50, sensational. All right, guys, we're 10 minutes to 11. Might be time now for the early crow. On Racing HQ. Hey, it's a little too early for being that loud. Hey, too late. Don't worry, cos it's never too early. The early crow. <laughs> <laughs> I love this segment. <laughs> I threw, I threw, uh, threw straight to Nick, and he didn't miss a beat there with that, uh, with that stinger. Uh, so time for the early crow. Ten minutes to eleven on Racing HQ, and I'll, uh, I'll start this week's early crow. And uh, one of our other listeners uh, has text through, and he said, "Panel, the best wager for the putters today is the Jockeys Challenge." Nash Rewilla. He rides. Uh, he's riding so well uh, on a wet track. Free money, three ninety. Thanks, Dan. Well. I agree with you, Dan. I think um, Nash is my early crow, and it's Nash to get the cash. I think he'll win the Jockeys Challenge, and I've got him riding three winners at least at Rose Hill today. He's got such a good book of rides. Espionage, Tom Kitten, Belvedere Boys, Derry Grove, Kinlock can win, Madame Pomery can win, Calipore and even Queenmaker. So I agree with you. He's in career best form. Uh, rode a couple of winners last night at uh, Canterbury and leading the Premiership with Jason Collett. Nash Rewilla. Nash, to get the cash, is my early crow this week. Hurls, what's yours? Yeah, well, I was going to take that as well. So we're thinking um, very much the same um, with uh, with Nash. I think $3.90 today looks a super price. Uh, look, I'm going to take Davo on. Um, I had about 3 early crows today. I'll take Davo on and uh, make red card, albeit it's $4, but I'll make it a complete lay. Uh, and I think the best bet in the country today is uh, Gold Trip, $2.70. It should be closer to two two twenty. Wow. There you go, punters, down in, down in uh, Caulfield in the Peter Young Stakes. Yeah, I'm not going to clash with Brad this week. I did last week and I came off second best there in regards to win chat. It was his best. It was my lay of the day. <laughs> Started odds on. I thought it's only an even money chance to actually come out of the gates. Well, it did. Jump, led one. Um, I'll go back to old tactics here and find a roughie for you. And we're going to have to wait all day. But I'm sure the, the, the wait will be worthwhile. In the last race, Podium Queen, who gets onto the rain-affected mm-hmm. going today, drawn an inside gate. I did fall into her first up off a good trial, and she didn't really do a great deal. But I, I now suspect the track might have been too firm uh, that mm-hmm. day. So on the soft going today, following up another excellent trial, Podium Queen at $34 will start much shorter than that and run much better. Okay. $41. Well done. Oh, jeez, I took 34 yeah, thinking I was bucks. shopping well before. Yeah. Oh, dear, I'd like to have another bet. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse, is there, than taking a price and seeing it ease uh, out like six hours later. When they yeah. taunt me like that, I just go again. Mm. Uh, I think I'm going for 10 in a row this week, guys. Oh. Oh, in a row. What was last week? Something about dollar win chat, to win. Win chat, jump, yeah, lead okay. and win, even yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, I'm not getting enough. I'm not getting enough credit here for yeah, ten well, early, going for, for ten early crows in a row. <laughs> you will not get from me. Income. It's a record by the length of the Flemington Strait. Uh, so for the, for number ten in a row, I'll go. I love I love fishing on the high blue sea, but uh, I won't be fishing on the high blue sea today. I, I'm going to say that high blue sea 
will miss the top two. He's about a five dollar chance, and oh, unlike go Hurls, top three, go top three, top two. Hurls, you'll go on a four dollar chance a and not win. No, well, I said, I said, yeah, it wasn't the bravest decision of all time, so I've declared gold trip. What do you uh, suspect? It's not top two. I mean, are they all going to get? Are they all going to get together and box him in again today? High blue sea boy, that was a oh, stitch up last time. He's still not out. But but I just don't think he had much there the last fifty. I was on him, and uh, I thought he was a little bit playing the last fifty when he got out. So well, he's had bone chips before. His first up win was terrific, and he goes back to the scene of the crime. But I just wonder whether it was all perfect storm scenario first up, and you know his trials prior to that weren't anything flash either. So. I'm going to say uh, he'll miss the top two today. At nah, top, top two three. or top three? Top, top three. two. Top two's top fine three. for a $5 chance. I'm going for uh, 10. Leave me alone. All right, Dave, we've got oh, a couple, few of our listeners. Yeah, a few of our listeners. Are, they, they reckon you're getting a bit too protective of the streak, Dave. Yeah. Someone's texted well, in and said, Dave's too protective of his streak. What is it today? That it'll be dark after the last? <laughs> <laughs> well, it won't, be, it won't be dark after the last. It'll actually still be light. So you'd be wrong there because we're still in daylight savings. So. So you still be you still be right for an hour and a half, but no. Look, I'm going to just protect it as much as I can yeah. um, until it until it goes. I think that's fair. So look, well, top if, two for a five dollar chance. If you saw the trophy that's up for grabs on this, you'd understand why he's being so protective. <laughs> oh, I'm in the studio. What? Where is it? Have they hidden it? Uh, <laughs> no, it hasn't been under, under, his, under his pillow. The big gold crow. Uh, uh, what was your what was your early crow last week? Right. Wind chat. Okay, sorry, wind you did say that. Wind. What was yours, Darren? Uh, that, that wind chat oh, wind would get beat. Sorry, I thought it's only that, an even yeah. money chance to actually leave the gates. Uh, he's now a former bad boy. I mean, the, the fact was that horse has been suspended five times <laughs> and it was going out odds on, so I thought it was worth the risk. Mm. What well, was yours, Darren? Yeah, mine was Damien Lane and James McDonald take the double at uh, 297 for the Jockeys Challenge and Disco I got it. I had to wait till the last. I need to tell him and Craig Williams and oh, you you had your feet on the desk from about race four if you're on J Mac, but um, uh, Damien Lane he was locked on eight points with uh, Craig Williams going into the last. It just needed him. Craig Williams didn't have a ride. I just needed him to run at least third, and he did. God bless him. Right. Well done, Hurls. Just come back to me when you add another eight to that list, mate. You get to nine in a, in a row, and we'll, we'll chat, eh? What else have we got, Hannah? Uh, gents, the, the multi's closed, we know that, but we did have one listener just wanting to repeat our selections. He might just want to back them um, each way off his own bat. Uh, mine was in race nine, horse number two, Derry Grove. Race nine, horse number two. Uh, Hurls, what were you with? Uh, I was with race three, Extravagant Star, Extravagant Star at uh, 5.50. Darren? Uh, Darren, yeah. Yeah, Celestial Legend. I am a little bit worried about the gate, but... He'll be hitting the line well, and he's only got to run top four for our multi, so I'm more than happy with that. All right, and Davo, just for that listener that missed those? Uh, uh, high blue seed to miss the top two. No, for the, for the, for the multi. multi. Oh, multi Diamil, sorry. Diamil uh, is my selection. Okay, anything else? We've got five minutes yeah. to kill. Uh, anything yeah. else? Had a look at the blue diamond, Davo? Yeah, it's an interesting race, isn't it? Um, as always, I'm, look, I'm with the Sydney side, a lady of Camelot. I just think her form lines stack up a bit better than, than Coleman's. I mean, Coleman beat counter-offensive and Anisa the other day. Well, counter-offensive's come out and been beaten easily since, and Anisa, the way she was ridden that day, she couldn't basically win the race for mine. Um, so he kind of had to be there and win it, where I think Lady of Camelot, she beat Extreme Diva by three and a half lengths. That horse went and 
was beaten only a length and a half behind Switzerland. So I think that really franked that form around Gladiev Camelot. I think she goes to the front. I think she leaves. I think she's awfully hard to run down. I thought Matisse was the best ruffie. Um, I, I think she was really good in the in the Phillies lead up. She can settle much closer, and at sort of nineteen dollars, she's the the best ruffie in the race. But Lady of Camelot on top for me, and in the Oakley Plate, um, I was with the Snowden three year old King's um, Gambit. Yeah, I think he's uh, he just needs luck, doesn't he? Gate one's horrible for him, but if he gets luck at the right time, I think he's too good. And I think Mister Brightside wins the futurity, but. Um, gee, I, I couldn't take a dollar forty. I, I thought he was not at his best first up. I thought he got the job done, tradesman-like, considering they mm. set it up beautifully for him. And there could be a little query on whether he wants further. So I, I would, uh, I wouldn't be telling people to put him in multis today. I think he's slightly. Are you making the line? Are you making the line? No, I'm not. I, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to sort of lay him. I'm not going to lay him myself or anything. No, but um, I don't think he's a lock as everyone's talking. So, Brad, when you say King's Gambit, Barrier One's horrible, can you just clarify why? Oh, he's going to be three back defence at very best at Caulfield. Um, tight turning on, on the, on, you know, uh, tight turning track that's just going to need luck to, to get out of that pocket because he's going to be in a horrible spot and he's going to need an absolute cracking ride as a, as a result because they're going to be, mm. they might fan, so he might get out, but it might be too late by the time he gets out too. I was a little bit right. more concerned. He, he's such a, um, he's, he's such a hothead. Uh, that horse yeah. being by Smart Missile. When I saw Barry One, I thought, what worries me, he's going to be in the gates for too long. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in the big field. first, yeah. Yes, and uh, mm. well, the trend in Australian racing now is running races late, uh, yes. main, main races, and when you've got a hot head drawn the fence, that really worries me. Um, but in, in some respect, when he won last time at uh, Rose Hill, Remember, I think he let up in Melbourne and he folded up and then he was ridden stone cold at Rose Hill. Nobody wanted the fence for some bizarre reason and there was four available lanes, so Barry went right up the inside and he pants them. Um, but I, I see what you're saying about Caulfield. Oh, it can be awful the way they get strung up there. Um, mm. And going back to the Blue Diamond for a moment, High Octane was one of those cases. It looked to be mm. travelling really well and was just bad. It just had absolutely no hope of getting out. I think High Octane's definitely worth another chance today in the Blue Diamond. But like Brad, I'm with uh, Lady of Camelot, JLW, jump, lead, win. And just before we go, you mentioned, and I'm keen to get your thoughts on that, that trend of races running late. Yes. It, it's, it's been a thing for a while now, and it's almost a case of, well, the race time is, is just a guide because they don't run on time anymore, do they? No, exactly. It's all about building up the turnover, isn't it? Mm. And, uh, and the negative thing is there's certain horses that have run their race before, they, before the, the red light even goes on. Mm. Mm. Makes it difficult when you're broadcasting too. Um, Dicko's just texted me also just in relation to that other text. It was gonna, uh, one listener was going to back all those horses each way. If you actually back them all top three... Uh, it's around $18. Uh, yeah, punters missed okay. out on the, uh, on the multi. Um, that was top four, obviously, but top three is around $18. Um, Brad, I just want to ask you a question, mate. So apart from Private Eye, I, you know, every race is different, but Private Eye is the only horse oh. that I back every single star. I know yeah. you liked Key Largo last start, and I spoke to you about during the week. We had a look at the replay, etc. Surely you're going to have a nibble on it, even a five-dollar cloak for a place today, are you not? No, no. I, uh, I I thought he could have finished off a little bit better the other day. I thought he was. I thought the ride was poor, to be honest. He got far too far back. But um, no, I I sort of went. No, I, I thought you could have finished off a touch better. But 
Uh, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll Today, though, he's drawn the two, hasn't he? So they might hunt up a little bit harder and yep. just try and drive along the rails and pinch ground turning for home. Mm. He, can't, he can't settle any further back than he did the other day. I think he was in the next race. Yes, well, uh, Hurl's uh, disciplined yeah. you over that. Mm. Uh, Brad, have you ever thought about career change where you sort of head the Jockeys Association and, you know, conduct um, well, tutorials it's, and things? It's funny, it's funny you say that, Hurl, because... It's funny you uh, say that because break, I'm, I'm, the first, uh, I'm the first to criticise one, but I'm also the first to defend one, a.k.a. they probably the only one defending Craig Williams' ride aboard Jimmy Star last week, which was... The most ludicrous criticism of a ride in my 20 years in racing. I cannot believe the, the carry-on about that ride. The ride was a oh. cracker, and he's been... The trainer called it a brain fade. It's one of the most bizarre <laughs> comments I've heard in racing in 20 years. Didn't Craig Williams pot himself? He did, yeah, which is even, which is even more surprising <laughs> no. because the horse... The horse actually went... The horse... I, I think that's just. I think that's just. You know, him going. Everyone's a bit upset. Okay, I'll. I'll sorry, guys. You know, I. I'm no, that's not his go. That's but, not his um, go. He's pretty diplomatic, old Craig. But uh, when you when you look at the actual sections of the race, he actually went a length slower through the first 800 metres, leading last start than he did settling midfield over the same trip on a good three the start prior. Um, it was a cracking ride. He was just beaten by 150 to one pop that went out of his skin. And the criticism, as I said, the most ludicrous criticism of a rider I've come across in 20 years of being in the game. Mm. All right, Manto, I can... see what you started when you said you had a bit of time to fill? Well, I know. I've opened a can of worms. <laughs> I, I, look, I can, I can see things from, from both sides, but yeah, I, I think in, in I that particular too. case was that, you know, the connections and trainer wanted the horse ridden a certain way and, and it was ridden that way. And, and, and myself as an owner and the syndicate manager, if, if, uh, if I send a jockey out with instructions and he does the opposite, yeah, you're entitled to be filthy, regardless of regardless of the race shape, speeds, the whole lot. If you tell them to ride them a certain way and they go the, and they go against you, I'm I'm filthy. So what did they want him to be? Three wide, no cover. Please, like, what are they going to do? Move out of the way for the dollar twenty four pop? They yeah. are, they are kidding themselves. Anyway, all right, we'll we'll move on. We've we've opened a can of worms there. We can yeah. we can go down that rabbit hole all week. Um, let's, that's it. Thanks, guys. Behind the gates. Good luck today. Darren, we'll let you get to uh, Rose Hill. Good calling. Yes, and good calling to you this week as well. I enjoyed your linebacker call on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> on I had a bit great. of time up my sleeve, and uh, I've taken a leaf out of your book. Did you listen to the ra- race, one at, uh, race one at Canterbury last night? I yes, found another little, uh, little sneaky yeah, one there. Yeah, the great debut. Yes, that wasn't missed. Well done. No, Two thank you. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, have a good day, Darren. Uh, Dave, we'll see you on Sky One. Looking forward to your coverage with, uh, with Marto throughout the afternoon. Yeah, it's going to be a huge day, guys. Tune in to, to Sky One in the afternoon. Gator Marto will be alongside, uh, be alongside them. And uh, looking forward to yeah, massive day of racing across, uh, all across Australia, really. Yeah, good on you, Dave. And thanks again, Hurls. Thanks for your help throughout the morning with uh, previews and market updates and behind the gates. Yeah. Always good. Absolute pleasure, mate. And you're uh, you're a great all rounder. You great caller and a great host, mate. Sky Racing's number fourteen. I call myself. Not a bad bloke either. Thanks, uh, mate. mate, are you going home for a power nap? Because you're going to Swifty tonight. Yeah, actually, is Davo still there, or is he gone? He might have gone. I know he was flo- he was Probably floating. A job yeah, he was floating around for. He was floating. <laughs> I think he was trying to source a ticket for his wife for for Taylor yeah, I think Swift. He might have yeah, gone. I was just going to see right. how how did he go. But anyway, I'm heading I'm heading out tomorrow. I'll go home for a little bit of a, a kip, yeah. and I'll be fighting fit tomorrow. Thanks, Enjoy. I'll speak soon. We'll see speak you to you during the week.